Well, good evening. Welcome to Community Bible Baptist Church on this Wednesday. How are you? When I walked in, we decided we're only going to wave and to give a thumbs up tonight, all right? We are all running for office. Welcome. Welcome to church. Can we stand? We're going to sing a couple songs. I'm asking Brother Pratt afterwards to come lead us in prayer. But let's sing as we enter his gates with Thanksgiving. One of the most famous hymns ever written, I Sing the Mighty power of God. Sing with me. I sing the mighty power of God that made the night rise, that spread the glowing seas around and built the Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, that we can come, Lord God, into your house, Lord, and we look to you, Father, today for your word to become real and alive in each of us, Lord, today. 
Lord, help our preacher tonight as he bring your word tonight, God, that you would equip him with words and thoughts, Lord God, that only can come from you. And Lord God, it would be clear to us as only you can reveal it to us, Lord God. Lord, bless this time, bless the message. Pray for those that are in our ministries in the campus tonight, for the bus ministry, for the youth groups, for uh, master clubs, Lord God, that each of them, Lord God, would embody the spirit of Christ tonight, Lord God, and bring forth the good news of his gospel message today. Bless our hour here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Isn't that a blessing? We've been working with the High School Fine Arts Ensemble. That's what you just saw. That's who you just saw. Y'all did great, by the way. Good job. Yes. For about two and a half months on that song, and today I said I'm going to do something a little bit different to put pressure on you. I'm going to call in the pastor, Amen. the administrative pastor. We brought in Nicole. We brought in uh, all the staff, and they had to sing that. And the pastor said, make them do it tonight. Yeah. You know what I said? Yes, sir. Well, we want to welcome you to Community Bible Baptist Church on this Wednesday. Pray for that little group. They, amongst others, are doing artwork, they're doing science, they're doing Bible trivia, all sorts of stuff going on starting tomorrow over in Tampa and Friday's the music portion. So pray for them. Thankful for you being at church on a Wednesday. Would you stand your feet? I want you to greet someone around you carefully, nicely. <laughs> Might want to just go get some water and wave at them, say hello, welcome to church. At community, Bible Baptist Church.
Bible and find the book of Esther, please. The book of Esther, chapter number 5. Hold your place there. Esther, chapter number 5. It is good to see you at church tonight. I uh, was thinking all day about uh, this virus and the coronavirus, all that. And, you know, I think about that, and I think be wise, uh, wash your hands, be careful. One of our dear families called me tonight, and she said, Now, Pastor, uh, I'm an organ uh, transplant recipient. And she said, It's just not wise for me. I said, Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with that. One thing I do have a question about, did you just start washing your hands this week? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not under, I, I thought Mama told us a long time ago, wash your hands uh, so I don't know why we need to run out and get toilet paper. I'm not going to shake your hands because of the fact that you may have the virus. I'm not going to shake your hand because somebody ain't been using toilet paper. All right, I, I don't understand what's going I don't understand all this. But do be wise. Now, I will say this, Brenda, we were just talking before church. Uh, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. So don't, don't, don't let fear just run you in. You're not going to run off and join a cult, live in a commune somewhere. Uh, you know, they're shutting down everything. They're shutting down major events. They just, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, the, the final uh, basketball part of the season, the tournament, the March Madness, what many of us enjoy every year, they just canceled uh, all uh, spectators. So they'll play all the tournament championship games in empty gymnasiums with just the teams. And, uh, you know, I get it, I get it, but these are college students. Uh, their dorm rooms are worse than anything they're going to get with coronavirus, okay? And so I, if, if you ate at Ryan's in the 70s, you ain't going to die from this virus, okay? Uh, if you've been to Haiti, you ain't going to die from this virus. Mike, you're going to live forever, okay? And uh, so I'm just saying be wise, wash your hands, uh, soap and water. Uh, the antibacterial stuff is good, but this is, this is not the same thing, okay? So wash your hands, soap and water. Uh, I do appreciate it. I, th I think this was a neat thing. Rick, myself, and George uh, went over yesterday. We didn't mean to meet up with Rick, but we all met at the same time at one of our nursing homes, and they made you uh, do a little quiz. Have you been uh, infected? Have you been around anybody infected? Have you been out of the country? Have you been to Louisiana? Uh, I'm just kidding. Just kidding about that one. But, uh, and then they did something very strange. Uh, they took your temperature. And if you, weren't, if you weren't right on temperature, they wouldn't let you go back. And I think that's fine. Uh, nursing homes are a target-rich environment for this kind of thing. So uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying don't be smart, but if you're just now getting worried about diseases, you hadn't been living in the past 20 years because it seemed like every two to four years something's going to wipe us out. And I'm not bragging, but this is, the, this is not the, the first time I've survived the end of the world, apparently. So... Uh, we're going to be okay. The Lord's still on his throne. And uh, don't worry, something worse is coming, okay? <laughs> be encouraged. Um, so I, I had you turning about. Jerry brought me this. I was going to show you this. This is kind of cool. Uh, this is a replica. Uh, Jerry bought it as an original, but it got ripped off. But uh, this is an, a replica of the book of Esther. Uh, how it would have looked as the scholars would have opened it in Jesus' day. It would have been on a parchment roll. And uh, this is uh, written on one side in English where you can read it. On the other side, uh, I would imagine this would be uh, in uh, Hebrew. And so uh, it's kind of cool. It's got some of the, uh, the decorative things and different things. And so I was going to read that to you, but uh, I can't... I can't get to the right chapter and verse without spinning all the way out. 
but uh, Jerry brought me back. This was found in the, in the Dead Sea Scroll collection when they found the scrolls there. And uh, so he brought me this. So I'll put that in my office. And that's a neat keepsake. Uh, but I appreciate that. I thought you'd like to see that. Uh, Brother Ralph Sexton, our dear friend, is on his way back right now from Israel. And the, the, the uh, truth of the matter is if you've never been there, if you've never made that journey, uh, you ought to do it uh, while you can. And so I appreciate that, Brother Jerry. That's a blessing. Now begin reading in verse number 1. Uh, Esther, the fifth chapter in verse number one. By the way, didn't those young people do great? Yeah. I mean, they, they really, they, they, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because two of them are mine, uh, but uh, they have worked every day, one hour a day. They come into the office every day for three weeks now, and uh, they've sang that song every day for one hour outside my door. <laughs> they did wonderful, but I'll be glad when Friday comes and we can learn a new song, Okay. But uh, that little tenor boy, he's pretty good. I was just shocked to death. That's my wife's son. Because <laughs> I don't have that ability. But he, he's just, he's getting And John has told me that before, that he really can sing. And that's just such an anomaly to me. Uh, but uh, what, a, what a great job. I love our young people. I'm excited. I'm excited about this series on Sunday morning. I'm excited about uh, this resharpening our focus and this biblical worldview. I'm excited about our emphasis on training young people equipping them to impact their world. And uh, you'll be praying about that this Sunday. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Now, verse number one, the Bible says, Now, it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house, over against the king's uh, house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And it was so, when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, what wilt thou, uh, what wilt thou queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be given, or it shall be even given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, if it seemed good unto the king. Let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet and Esther, that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther, Now at the banquet of wine, what is thy petition? It shall be granted thee, and what is thy request? Even to half the kingdom it shall be performed. Then, answer, uh, and then answered Esther, and said, My petition and my request is, If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king has said. Then went Haman forth that day joyful, with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai, in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself. When he came home, he sent and called for his friends, Zeresh, his wife. And Haman told them of the glory of his riches and the multitude of his children and all the things wherein the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him above the princes in service of the king. 
Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come in with the king under the banquet that she had prepared but myself. And tomorrow am I invited unto her also with the king. Yet all this availeth me nothing, so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then said Zeresh his wife and all his friends unto him, Let a gallows be made of fifty cubits high, <clears throat> and tomorrow speak thou unto the king that Mordecai may be hanged thereon, that uh, then go thou in marry with the king unto the banquet, and the thing pleased Haman, and he calls the gallows to be made. Now, just tonight, uh, this is uh, continuing where we've been through the book of Esther. And we saw last week the, the great uh, news of this uh, plot against the Jews and how that Mordecai had really challenged Esther, that God had sent her to the kingdom for such a time as this. And, and of course, her great statement, I'll go, and if I perish, I perish. And, and now we come to where this plan is being implemented tonight. And really just want to look at the king, the queen, and the conspirator. Or I guess I wrote it, the queen, the king, and the uh, conspirator. And we pick up in verse 1 where we continue the last instructions of the previous chapter, chapter 4, where Esther said, now you get everybody together, and for three days, let's fast. Now again, no mention of the word prayer, but we believe that's exactly what they were doing. Uh, they were fasting and praying. Again, God is never mentioned in the book of Esther, but the hand of God is seen throughout the book of Esther. Uh, God is never said by name in the book of Esther, but over and over you see uh, that God is moving all the pieces in place and, and doing exactly what he wants in spite of what wicked Haman thinks he's accomplishing. And so for three days now, uh, more Mordecai and the Jews uh, in Shushan and all around the palace and all around the nation are praying for Esther because remember, Esther's going to go uninvited to the king. And uh, if she goes in, and I read a bunch this week about Persian kings, and we already know how he treated Vashti, and we think uh, that this was very out of place. The writers tell us that this was just something that the queens did not do. They did not interrupt the king. The king would do his kingly business and he would do everything he wanted to do and if and when he wanted to see a woman, the queen or one of the concubines, he would go and call them. They would never come to him. So this was not just, well I haven't talked to my husband all day, I'm going to go say hi. Uh, this was uh, with fear and trembling at the thought of death that if he was displeased, and I read one writer that said according to uh, Persian history, not Bible history, but Persian history, when the king saw Esther, his first reaction was anger. What's she doing in here? But then the Lord turned his heart. And that just reminded me as I read what that one writer wrote, aren't you glad even today that the heart of the king is still in the hand of the Lord? And he turneth it. You say, oh, who's going to win the election? Doesn't matter who's going to win the election. I know who God is. Uh, Democrat, Republican, Independent, uh, Communist, Socialist. We got everybody running this year. Uh, whatever, whatever, whoever wins, uh, God still has the heart of the king. And if God wants an evil king to do something good, God can do that. The Jews still praise uh, Darius and Cyrus and these other kings that did positive things to them. They were not necessarily uh, believers, but God moves the heart of kings, whether they be believers or not. Now, for three days... Three days, there was much prayer and much fasting, much mourning, much grieving. 
kind of a soundtrack to the message. I like that. Normally, that's Brother John over here. Now we just have it all over the place. Good. I want you to notice verse number one down through about verse number eight. I want to talk to you about simply Esther's plan. Esther's plan. How many of you would be honest with me? I don't want you to answer the question, but uh, you, you at some point in your life made a plan and you attempted to live by that plan. I don't raise your hand. I know plans are made to be broken sometimes, but uh, I remember years ago, one of my preachers uh, was teaching some things and he said this, if you're going to be successful in life, you're going to live on purpose. You're going to live, I think it was Brother Chapel who said that, David. He said, you're going to live on purpose. Man, we are just having party time in the back back there, aren't we? If it's pizza, have it delivered for all. Praise God. <laughs> Successful people live on purpose. They make a plan. They have a plan for their day. Now, do, do plans get interrupted? Absolutely. In fact, he went along. I remember the chapel saying this. I make a plan for my day, but I allow God to have the right to make divine interruption. Sometimes uh, your plan is to do this, this, and this, but God has a divine interruption. And so allow God to have divine interruption. But when you get up in the morning, you ought to have a plan. You ought to have a goal. You ought to have a desire. I'm going to get these things accomplished. If not, uh, one, two o'clock will roll around and say, what have I done all day? Now, that's the same with a day, but that's also the same with a month and a year and a lifetime. Ought to have goals and decisions and dreams, things you're shooting for. Say, preacher, I may not ever hit it. You'll come closer to hitting it if you try than if you never try at all. That's very simple. Now, Esther had a plan. She didn't just say, uh, bless God. And I always tease about that. Whenever somebody says, bless God, that's just that person that's going to step out there and do something and uh, just uh, damn the torpedoes as the old uh, World War II saying were, you know, we're just going to go out there and, and let the chips fall where they may. And sometimes you got to do that. But that's not how you really become successful, just running headlong with no plan. I, I believe this, Jim, and it's, it's true whether you agree with me or not, but it's true, and I think you'll agree with me. A lot of our brethren have uh, ran off and did stuff and then said, now God, fix it. And God maybe looks down from heaven and said, why would I fix that? I wasn't involved with it from the beginning. Amen. We ask God sometimes to bless our plans instead of asking God to guide our plan or develop our plan. Uh, Brother Bob Robinson said, we many times write checks God doesn't sign. You know, got to have a plan. Now, Esther had a plan. Guess what her first point of her plan was? Patience. Esther's patience. Remember what Brother Prater said three weeks ago when he's here for the marriage conference? The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. The only thing harder than waiting on God is wishing you had. And so three days, she doesn't run into the king. She doesn't act willy-nilly. She doesn't just fly off at the handle. For three days, she prays. I think for three days, she thought. I think for three days, she thought through different things. I think, now this, this is just speculation. I have no Bible for this. I think she thought, what am I going to wear? How am I going to do my hair? What lipstick or what, 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 what uh, uh, makeup, uh, what perfume, uh, how am I going to walk in, how am I going to sit? Now, I can't speculate that, but I have been married for 27 years, so I kind of think I little, know a little bit. And uh, I think this, she thought, I've got one chance to make the first impression, and either I get the scepter handed to me or I could lose my head. 
So I think for three days she prayed. I think she planned. I think she thought through every part of this. And I think that this was a time of preparation. Now listen to me. Uh, If you have to do it immediately, it's probably of the flesh. If you have to just rush in, that's a reaction. That's a reaction. Most of our reactions are pure flesh. Most of our faith decision, faith decisions are thought through. Most of our faith, why? Because God doesn't change his mind. So when God touches us on something, God doesn't say, well, I changed my mind. Uh, it's where we can see God's hand and wait for God to move and wait for ourselves to be ready. When it's got to be, I got to have this right now. That's a flesh decision or I'm going to be patient. I've learned this. Now, listen, this is not a cop-out. This is not a cop-out. I used to think this was a cop-out. I was a young 26, 25, 26-year-old working for Dr. Tom Malone Sr. At that time, Dr. Malone was 79 years old. 79 years old. And uh, I I went to Dr. Malone on on several occasions, on several occasions with with some, some real church issues. One of them I remember distinctly was a young man and his wife were, were going through some marital issues and it was completely the young man's fault. He was doing some things he ought not do and, and they were dear friends to me. But I went to Dr. Moore and I said, now Dr. Moore, we need to step in and get involved in this right now. And boy, I was, you know, guns are blazing, guns are blazing. And, and Dr. Malone uh, said, uh, well, now Brent, uh, let's, let's pray about this. And in my youth and nativity, I said, this is not something you pray about. This is black and white. This is right or wrong. Uh, Let's get this done. And he said, now listen, Brent, let's pray about this. Now, here's what I said back then, and I I repent. I'm sorry. Tell Dr. Moore I'm sorry. Uh, I repent from that. But I said, here's an old man that doesn't want to tackle problems anymore. He just don't want to get involved. He doesn't want to deal with issues and ministries messy and bless God, you got to tackle stuff. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. I said that stupidity. You know what I've learned 20, whatever, seven years later, 25 years later? Somebody comes to me and says, we got to do this right now. Let's pray about it. Here's what I found. If I wait a day or two, a lot of times God fixes it before I have to get involved. If I wait a day or two, the person may see the res- the, the, the issue and, and, the, and, and may repent or get right or change or whatever, and I never get on. If I wait a day or two, my temper comes down. Oh, what a blessing. I've learned that a long time ago. I've, I can't respond right away because when I respond quickly, I respond nine times out of ten in the flesh, and my anger takes over, and that's not a good thing. Uh, I've learned to be a little more patient. I don't never pray for patience. Never ask God, God, teach me patience. Just say, God, I'll, I'll do my best, and life will teach you patience without you asking for help. But sometimes the best thing to do is just wait a little bit. I got to get back at them. You know, I found this. God is a much better getter backer, seeker of vengeance. Vengeance is his, he does repay. And I try to get involved. And if I just let God, most times they'll hang themselves or they'll show themselves. And then a day or two, my vision is cleared because the red has come down and I can see things different and I think through. And my first response is always to lop off the head. Well, maybe there's another way to do that. And so Esther taught us patience. She waited three days. She prayed. Now, the third day, uh, she 
goes in and she presents herself. So verse 2, the presentation, Esther's presentation. Now, I, I like, how many of you remember listening to J. Vernon McGee, uh, the Bible bus? How many of you, I like J. Vernon McGee. I, I like his simple homespun. Just, and he, he wrote this, and I didn't write this because I don't think you could write this in 2020. But he said, I think, she, in that old nasally voice, he said, I think she was knocked down gorgeous when she walked in there, you know. Now, you can't write that now, but uh, I don't think, just, just I'm, I'm going to go with Jay Vernon on this. I don't think she come in there looking like she just washed the dishes and, and did all the clothes and made all the beds. I think she came in looking like she did the first time that he saw her. And uh, she came in and she stood over it. We read that verse too. Notice how many times it just kind of talks about the house, the house. It says that three or four times. The house, the house, the house. Uh, she didn't come in saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. The Bible says she just kind of come in and just eased over out of the way. Kind of just, because she came in, but she didn't come in guns a-blazing. Hey, 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 I got to talk to you. Just came in, eased over. The Bible says she just kind of eased up next to a pillar. And uh, <clears throat> while she was standing there, the gate of the house, the royal house, the king saw the queen standing in the court, and she obtained favor in his sight. May I say this, and, 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 and this is one of those things that we have to tackle in our Sunday morning series. We have to tackle uh, in in just life now and as, as parents and grandparents and so on and so forth, we, we have to tackle uh, the woman's and the man's proper actions and attitudes. As much as effeminate men make me crazy, overbearing women do the same. As much as men who won't take a lead Men who, men who won't step out. I believe this. Uh, I believe a lot of women step up because a lot of men abdicate responsibility. But as much as weak men bother me, uh, loud, overbearing young people, I, I can't take that. My nerves can't take that no more. I'm getting old. I mean, I, I just can't take that. Uh, loud and abrasive. And, and isn't it strange that our culture puts a value on this, hey, look at me, look at me, uh, just whether it's work done or whether it's dress or whether it's uh, vulgarity in action, uh, I, I, just, I, just, I just really struggle with a, a young woman or a young man, but in this case we're talking about Esther, but I really struggle with somebody who wants to dress in such a way and act in such a way that all the attention is about me. Look at me. We, we, we had a wonderful discussion. Today's been a, a great day of ministry. A lot of positive things happening. Wonderful discussion with some folks about some of the principles we're trying to work on. And, and one of those things is modesty. And, uh, you know, the Bible is very clear about that. That's not a doctrine we have to argue about. Amen? Amen. We can argue about other things but modesty. And, uh, you know, we can, we can say what is modesty and what isn't modesty. I don't know all the definitions you have. I don't know all the definitions I have. I, I work through some of those sometimes. But I know this. Modesty doesn't scream Look at parts of me. Don't look at accented. And, 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 and I'm just going to maybe take one step further. Uh, the way we talk. Does it bother? Now, this is, this is old school. You're, some, some of you, you, you won't get this. Uh, but 
Does it bother you? Now, now listen, men should never cuss. Amen? Amen. Men, we shouldn't cuss. But does it really, does anybody still flinch when they hear a woman cuss? Yes. So I joined the Air Force in, in 87 and I uh, got stationed at Tyndall Air Force Base. I drove a fuel truck. So that's a kind of a, a mechanical job working with, with jets and hoses and fuels and, and uh, drove a 5,000 gallon tanker and uh, I, I fueled basically F4s, F15s, F16s, F111s, F5s. I mean, it was kind of a cool job working a lot of jets. And uh, there was a couple of girls in our shop and uh, girls, that's the way God made them, they're girls. But uh, in their demeanor, man, they, they were right there with us. And I'm not talking about just work. I'm talking about after work. I'm talking about where we would go out and do stuff. And I forget, I won't call any names ever because a lot of my friends still watch. But I remember going to a place that I shouldn't have been in the first place. But anyway, uh, I remember one of, the, one of the female people in our shop there. And all of a sudden, her mouth opened and words came out that were... Uh, my mama didn't talk that way. And nobody had ever been around. I mean, I'd heard stuff. I wasn't naive. But I mean, she, she put words together in such a creative way that I had to stop and take note. I've never heard anybody use adjective like that. And I didn't know some of those things were physically possible that she was telling people they needed to do. And I'm just thinking, I don't think a lady ought to act that way. And I don't know how you ought to act, but I know there's some things that when I hear it, it's like somebody said, what is pornography? I don't know exactly what it is, but I know it when I see it. And demeanor and attitude. I don't know how you ought to act as a man, but I, I know when you act like a fool, that kind of comes across. And I don't know how you act, uh, ought to act all the time like a lady. Uh, the Bible gives us some pretty good ideas there. But, but you can really just tell that abrasive spirit, uh, that attitude of, of I'm the show, I'm the universe. Now, Esther to me was everything opposite that. Now, think about this. Compare her to all those other beauty contestants. I bet you a dollar to donuts. Boy, they were going all out. Look at me, look at me. And if you remember going all the way back to Esther, when it came time for her to go into her presentation with the king, she, she didn't ask for anything special but what was offered her by the chamberlain. Remember that? She, she said, look, I'm not going to do all that because all of that is not who I am. Listen to me. Who you are is who you are in here. And if you've got to do all of this to get people to know you, that tells me a lot about what's wrong in here. Esther's presentation, it was really not a, she, she went almost, in my opinion, as I kind of look at this, almost unnoticed. This is a big deal. She's about to go, go to bat for her whole nation, and she comes in with this kind of quiet, meek spirit. Oh, I think that's a Bible term, isn't it, for ladies, a quiet, meek Spirit, not that abrasive kind of, let me say this and I'll move on because some of you are just uh, uncomfortable. You're moving cheek to cheek. I don't understand that. But let me just tell you this. If you resemble the ladies on The View, you need to check your heart. You know. Now, number three, I noticed this. Uh, He holds out the scepter. Oh, my goodness. I can imagine the wave of relief that comes over. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And uh, he, he calls her and, and he says, now, Esther, uh, I, I think, now listen again, Jay Vernon and I like, uh, I think that, that <laughs> I think he said, whoo, I forgot how pretty she was. Oh, I love her. Oh, my God. Because he said this, hey, hey, whatever you want, up to half the kingdom I'm going to give you. He said that twice, by the way, he repeated it twice. 
And I mean, I think that, that she stirred him up. And I think that he said, uh, Esther, what do you And she didn't say, well, I want you to, to kill old wicked Haman right now and save my people. She said, uh, uh, can we read it to you? Because I, I, I marked a couple of words that I thought was kind of neat. She said, if I found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleased the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them. And I will do tomorrow as the king has said. Her petition was not give me, give me, give me. It was if I found favor. If, if, if this is okay, if this is pleasing to you. I love the spirit of Esther. Esther was not demanding of the king. He had already said, I'll give you half the kingdom. But even in that, Esther's petition was filled with grace. Esther's petition was full of wisdom. Listen, if, 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 I'm, if, I've, if, I've, if I've pleased you, if this is good, and I just love that she was not demanding. She was not demanding. I, I, I sense such an ungratefulness amongst some of our people, uh, some of our children, uh, some of our, teen, our culture, our nation, uh, this idea of you owe me and you got to give me and, 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 and I deserve this. Now, she didn't earn this. She, I, mean, you know, I mean, she didn't do anything for this. This was a petition. And sometimes I think we come across to people like they owe us something. Man, this, this is the most powerful man in, in her life. And, and he had already said, now you got what you want. But she said, now if I found favor. So I think there's such a spirit here. I think that's the thing that I would kind of make most of in this first portion of the passage. The spirit of Esther is kind of uh, anti the spirit of this age. Now, I'm not, I'm, listen, it's not important. Not important. But uh, these television shows, you know, uh, Bachelor, 90, I'm not even going to go down the list because it's not important. But, but I, I literally want to vomit. I just, just to be honest, I want to vomit. Now, if some of you like that show, you get right with God, you'll be all right. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I just, I watch these shows and, and I just think, that's a woman? And then I think this, God help me, I've got two women that I'm raising. I got two little girls. One's 17 almost, and one's five. But the spirit that, that, that this age says, and, and listen, again, I hope they get saved. I hope they go to heaven, all those things. But, but we have young ladies, that, 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 the, 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 the Kardashian sisters, and this, this, this girl that married the prince over there, uh, Harry's wife, whatever. Uh, huh? Y'all shouldn't know that wickedness stuff. Don't pay but uh, yeah, Megan, and, uh, and, and oh, oh, she's doing, and I'm thinking, I saw Roman. Let me, let me tell you this. I got to hasten. This is not important. This is this just hit me the other night. Um, we were watching this thing on the '80s. I'm I'm an '80s guy. Grew up in the '80s and a teenager. And uh, they they were showing when Madonna first came out. You might remember when Madonna first came out. Uh, when Madonna first came out, and they were showing the show that she came out and really. I was going to say introduce herself, but the word is exposed herself. That was the word. And uh, when she came out, and they panned the crowd. Now, this is still the 80s. And the 80s were terrible, right? Everybody agreed the 80s were terrible. We were, we were terrible. And the people were in suits and ties. And these are the, these are the music in suits and ties. And they looked normal. And they were all like, you know, they couldn't believe it. By the way, that's just 30 years ago. 
Madonna shocked us all. I remember being a 17-year-old boy, 16-year-old boy at the time, thinking, oh, my word, man, what is this? We've never seen anything like this. You know, there's one of the preachers I never forget. He said, my goodness, Elvis may have shook it, but he never showed it, you know. And uh, it, it's just that, that whole new, that whole new in-your-face sexuality and in-your-face. Oh, my goodness, this is what's so sad. She's pretty calm. She's pretty calm to what? her offspring have become. And, and as bad as it was, mama trying to raise me in the 80s and, and now us trying to mentor young people in the 20s, uh, we've got to be careful because I don't see a lot of Esthers. Spirit, wisdom, Esther, by the way, studied out. She's still not an old lady. She's, she's still a very young person during all this time. She would be somebody, look at it this way, she'd be somebody that would be attending Single Vision Young Adult Conference. And it's just this attitude that you have to be this way. No, you don't have to be this way. Let's get, uh, do we need to get some, okay, uh, Deanna, let's move, please. Pratt, let's move, please. Tom? Uh, this attitude that, that this uh, is the way you have to be. Look, we just had uh, six of our young people that we're doing our best, and, and God help us to, to win the battles, right? We've got a team. They know what they're doing. Everybody just relax. We're good. Sit down, Bill. We're good. We've got a team. We're good. Everybody sit down. If you're not part of the team, you, you just relax for me. We've got to train. We've got all kind of stuff. By the way, did y'all see that the Faith Healing Church Bethel canceled their faith healing service because of coronavirus? I thought that was hilarious. I, th- I thought that was great. I mean, we're not going to go to the hospital because the real sick people are there now. So, Pretty funny. But, but, but here's, here's, here's what we're doing in the Christian school. Um, and, and by the way, if the home isn't supporting us, it doesn't matter what we do in the Christian school. And if the church and the home and the, and the school are on the same page. But we're trying to say, young ladies... You don't, have to, you don't have to be like that. You can be, you can be this person that, that sings about the, the Savior, and you can dress modestly, and you can act modestly, and, and you can have a good spirit. Uh, by the way, the best thing about your kids winning the championship that night was not they won the championship, it's how they won the championship. That's far better. Your kids conduct themselves uh, in a very tight, tense, you know, high-energy moment. They conduct themselves tremendously. Tremendously. I told, the, I told the boys especially, I said, I'm more proud of how uh, we conducted ourselves than even getting the win. And I like the win, but even how we conduct ourselves. And so there is, now listen, there is a possibility to raise esters even in this day. Some of you have to remember that uh, you do not have to buy the lie that all kids are going to go wrong and all kids are going to sow wild oats and all. You can raise some young people uh, that have that spirit and that attitude and that wisdom and are ready to impact their culture. Okay, So we see Esther. Now, she had a plan. But obviously, with Esther's plan, the opposite of that is Haman's pride. 
Haman's pride. You could put Haman's plot. You could put whatever you want there. But, but I'm going to use the word pride because all of this is just beautiful how that God, it's kind of like watching uh, from an out-of-body experience. You're watching up here and all these pieces are coming together. Haman's thinking this and Esther's doing this and more. And we're seeing it all kind of laid out. But while uh, Esther is moving forward with her plan, uh, Haman is uh, just Full of pride. Now, I want you to notice this. Uh, Haman comes to the banquet, and uh, she says, now, now king, uh, here's my request. Please come back tomorrow, and uh, if you'll come back tomorrow, uh, I'll ask you what I want to ask you. And uh, I, I want you to bring Haman. Now, only you and Haman come. Only you and Haman, and I'll ask you tomorrow what I want to ask you. So, so Haman leaves the king's house, or extra, uh, Esther's chamber there, and uh, he heads home, and look at verse number uh, look at verse number nine. Uh, then went Haman forth that day joyful and with a glad heart, but, now that but is a giant U-turn. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Now, I want you to notice something. Haman leaves uh, full of joy. He's happy. Uh, if you want to kind of get in your mind, man, he's just kind of popping along, maybe a skipping a step, humming a tune. And he comes to the gate and Mordecai, now Mordecai's never done, he's never moved. He's never going to give him respect. We talked about this several messages ago. And uh, Haman comes as soon as he sees him. All of that joy and all of that happiness is gone. And the Bible says he's full of indignation. Full of indignation. Write this down. The consuming nature of pride. The consuming nature of pride. Now, the word indignation literally means heat. It literally means heat. When you get mad, what happens? You, your face turns red and, and you get angry and, and you become hot under the collar. You've heard that term, right? And so uh, Haman goes from happy to completely consumed in anger, in rage, mad, death. Now mark this, sin always consumes the vessel. And Haman's pride was hurt because Mordecai would not stand, would not give him respect. Uh, everybody else did. Everybody else honored him. He had everything he wanted. But one man consumed his thinking. One man consumed his thinking. And so uh, Mordecai, not moving, just just everything else in Haman's life was no longer there. One thought, I got to kill this guy. I got to get rid of this guy. Now, I'm going to say this, and, and we're going to move quickly because of uh, time. Uh, but uh, pride, when you think too highly of yourself, you're not going to enjoy anything around you. You're not going to enjoy any blessing around you. Because there's always going to be something that's not about you. When you're full of pride, you can't enjoy blessings of others. You can't enjoy goodness toward others. You can't enjoy anything. And you are going to be caught up with, well, this area, this area, this area, this area. And I want to show you what that means. 
In verse number 10, and I, I'm, I'm not an English, Be Becky could do a much better job of this, but in verse number 10 down through verse number 11, I want you to notice this, even into verse number 12. So he runs home, he's, he's just ripping angry, but he gets home and uh, he, he kind of lets the anger flow for just a moment. But watch what happens. Uh, Haman told, he gets around Zeresh's wife and his friends, and, and notice this, his riches, right, and his children, verse 11, and all that uh, the king had promoted him and how he had advanced him. And then down in verse 12, nobody can come but myself. And tomorrow I am invited. Uh, the, the second thing that goes with this consuming nature of pride is that pride is central or the centrality of pride. The, the centrality of pride. You understand that Haman could only think about himself. Haman could only think about himself. Haman, Haman did not say, Zeresh and I, our children, or uh, the team and I, our accomplishments. It was just me, me, myself, I, I, I. Now this tells you something. When you're consumed with self, consumed with self, you are going to be critical about other people. You're going to be jealous of anybody that gets any attention Besides you, take two children, two children, and you say hey to one and watch what the other one does. Hey, hey, what about me? What about me? What about me? Why? Because little children are consumed with mine, mine, me, I. And so if you have two kids playing, and you say, hey, Bobby, Susie be like, hey, I'm here. Hey, whoa, hello, hello. Happens every day at my house. If I hug Hudson, man, Maya's right there on me. If I hug Maya, Hudson, hey, hey, daddy, hey, daddy. Dad, I love you, dad, love you. All right, got to love everybody, got to love everybody. Because... They're consumed with, hey, I'm the, hey, look at me. And nobody can get any attention. Nobody can get any benefit. Nobody can get any blessing and consume. And so watch the progress here. Now, he's consumed with self. The, he has everything but one man's respect, but he can't get over that. Now, watch this. In verse 13, he makes a statement that I want you to get, and I think you need to understand this statement. Yet all of this availeth me. Nothing. I got all, I'm the number two guy in the kingdom. Obviously wealthy. I mean, sure, he, I'm, I'm, I guarantee you, he, he would have anything his mind could conjure. None of this availed me. That one guy. Now listen to this. Cancer. 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 Now, cancer is a terrible word. Some of us are dealing with it even tonight. I understand that. Cancer takes good cells, kills them, and just goes through the body, taking over until it kills everything it can kill. Pride unchecked becomes a cancer. And, and at this point, Haman can't enjoy being the number two guy in the kingdom and we understand because we understand because we see the big picture. He can't under, he can't enjoy being at the banquet with the queen. I mean, the queen's house, he's there. He's the only guy invited. Nobody else can come in. He's got access. He's got power. He's got riches. He's got kids. He's got family. This guy's got it made. And yet, nothing matters. I've met people like that. That that that, that they've got everything you think would make them happy, and yet. One person, one thing, one it. Because they're consumed. 
Haman could not enjoy what he did have because of the one thing he didn't have. Haman couldn't enjoy life because of Mordecai. When you are so consumed with self, what you want at the detriment to others, it eats you up. And here's the thing. I've never seen this before. I know it's there. I know you've seen it. It's probably not new to you. But I've always thought it's Haman's gallows to kill Mordecai. I've preached that. I've taught that. It's not Haman's gallows to kill Mordecai. If you read your Bible, it's Zeresh's gallows. It's not Zeresh's gallows alone. It's and his friend's gallows. Here's the thing that struck me today as I studied this. The cost, lastly, if you want to write this down, the cost of Haman's pride, and you say, well, it cost him his life. We're not there yet. That's still several chapters away. The cost of Haman's pride was that it corrupted his family and corrupted his friends. Haman didn't say, you know, I'm going to build a gallows. His wife said, honey, why don't you build a gallows? And his friend said, yeah, build it 50 cubits high. The cost of Haman's sin, the cost of your sin. Just talking to one of my sons last night, he asked me a question about generational curses and generational issues. And we were walking through that scripturally together last night and, and how that, uh, how come that there are generational things? And I said, well, there are generational cycles. I said, but everybody has an opportunity to, to turn and break that. But the problem is what we tend to do is duplicate what we're modeled. So well, I was raised an alcoholic, I'll never drink. Alcoholics normally produce alcoholics. Well, I was a drug addict. I'll never be a drug addict. Drug addicts normally produce drug addicts. Well, my daddy had a temper. I'll never be angry. Anger produces. It's just, you say, I want to do better. But normally we produce what we're modeled. So in this case, Zeresh, his wife, and his friends, and I'm going to, to just, the scripture doesn't specifically say, but I'm going to say this, his children uh, all became what Haman was. So this was not a cancer that just consumed Haman. This was a cancer that consumed Zeresh and his friends and his family. And ultimately, we know the end of the story had a cost all in their lives. That's the cost of his. <clears throat> what he didn't realize was he wasn't just messing up his life. He was messing up all the lives around him. He was influenced. Now, I think if he would have come in and, and said, you know what, uh, we're going to do this a different way, I think because he was the leader and because he was the head and all those things, I think he would have had great influence. But because this was his direction, I think he affected them so greatly. You know, you know this. I know this. We're done. Uh, what drives us crazy about our children is what we see in our children of ourselves. Valerie will tell you that I have the hardest time with your soon-to-be husband because if you want to know what I was as a teenager, it was Colin. I have the hardest time with Grant. You know why? Because Grant is a mirror image of me. Uh, I get along really good with Quinn. You know why? Because he's just like his mama. Same temperament, same demeanor. Madeline, you know. But boy, Colin and I, those, those, there was a couple of years there. I'm like, I'm not sure. Uh, it reminds me of the old Jerry Clower story, just shoot up in here amongst us. One of us got to have some relief, you know. 
One of us, I'm not sure who's going to die, him or me, but one of us ain't going to make it through here. A couple of years ago, I wasn't sure Grant was going to see 15. He got his driver's license Monday. He's driving on the road now. Uh, it's a miracle he made it through 13 and 14 because there were some days. And Brad said, why are you so mad at him? I'm like, look what he's doing. And she says, so? He's you? And I'm like, that's why I'm so mad. Now, same trait, Colin has picked up some positives. Grant certainly picked up some positives. Much more good than bad. But I'm just saying what you are and how you live and how you act and what you're consumed with. That's what your children be consumed with. Listen, I'm I'm not kidding about this. I've pastored long enough. Bitter mothers produce bitter daughters. Angry fathers produce angry sons. Complaining mothers and fathers produce complaining children. Ungrateful mothers and fathers produce ungrateful children. I've also seen the good news. Spiritual moms and dads tend to produce spiritual children. I've also seen moms and dads who model dignity and grace and femininity and masculinity Their kids seem to pick that up as well. You know, not all the time, not every time, but most of the time, many times. And so I'm just saying tonight, uh, you are either an Esther that's that's modeling this, what we want to see, or you're a Haman that's modeling what this we don't want to see. And that's going to affect everything around you, everyone around you. So be very sensitive tonight. Man, when that pride wells up, crush it, put it down. When that anger wells up, crush it, put it down. When you get consumed with something, someone, crush it. Put it down. Don't let it consume you because it won't just stop with you. It'll consume everybody around you. And pretty soon, there'll be death in the whole family. Generations, generations could suffer. Good news is you can also break those generational uh, cycles. But it's difficult. It's challenging. All right, let's pray together. Father, uh, thank you tonight for the word of God. This was a help to me. I don't know if it helped anybody, but... Or just the idea that uh, uh, how we carry ourselves, how we conduct ourselves, and or the understanding that, Lord Jesus, we have to be careful because sin so very easily could control, consume, and even uh, eventually, like a cancer, uh, kill us. And so, Lord, tonight we pray. I do want to lift up Carolyn tonight. Lift her up, Lord God. She's going through this, and uh, your will to be done, your grace to be sufficient. Uh, be with Paul Overfield, dear Lord, I pray. Be with Nancy, big surgery coming up. I pray you give the doctors wisdom, touch their hearts and minds, and be with the nurses, the anesthesiologists, all involved there. And the God, we're going to trust you through all this. Many, many others tonight, those that are sick, those that are struggling, as we go to prayer, Lord God, we pray that you would uh, lead us even. I pray for um, the uh, future of our church, the Jabez, uh, the building program, all those things, God. Uh, you know what you're doing, and we're going to trust you through it now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, I want you to be in your place Sunday. John's going to come and get our prayer sheet. If you need a prayer sheet, slip your hand up. Uh, if you could help us out, Brother Paul. Uh, Chris, could you help us out? I think some of our guys are still taking care of Eileen. Uh, Eileen is one of our dear ladies, and she seemed to get a little hot or faint there, so they've got her out. The EMTs are here, so don't worry about her. But if you need a prayer sheet, grab one. If you need to turn a prayer sheet in, Get one. I really want to encourage you Sunday morning, be in your place. 
second part of the series on uh, biblical worldview. And then if I could, I want to encourage you to be in your place this Saturday at 9.30 for our Reach One. And uh, if you could come in, as John always says, uh, wear some comfortable shoes, some mints, and a good spirit. And we're going to go out and invite people for Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, today, uh, I passed out about 25 of these, and uh, I just handed them out. And everybody looks at it and said, oh, you got a helicopter. And uh, so, you know, you say, preacher, that's not very spiritual. Well, I know, but if they come and we're able to preach to them, I think God will forgive us, okay? And so uh, I encourage people to come out. Uh, we're going to have a great day that day, 9, 11. Don't forget the Saturday night sunset service, uh, 7 o'clock out at Indian Shores. And uh, we're looking forward to that. Also, I want you to pray. Uh, we posted a couple of things yesterday. Uh, the food crisis in Haiti is becoming very real. And uh, the, the, the situation, they have a new, uh, some folks, in, there's a, been a government change. Um, one of the worst um, one of the worst leaders of one of the gangs that's kidnapping and doing all kinds of stuff. He was caught, and uh, the, the fellow they put in charge says, give me two weeks, and I'll get this under control. He said, we're just going to kill him. He said, we're not going to arrest him. We're not going to put him in jail. We're just going to kill him. He said, uh, that's the only way we're going to eradicate him, and if you'll give me two weeks. But uh, the country is in, uh, uh, not a famine, I wouldn't say that, but I'm, I think we're pretty close to that. So pray for, for our ministry there and a lot of our ministries there. Uh, we're trying to be a blessing and help. So you pray for that as well. A lot to pray about tonight. Brother John, you come. Church family, does anybody else have any more prayer request slips? Please raise those up in the air. The ushers will bring them to me. Also, wondering if anybody's visiting us for the first time. Would you raise your hand if you're visiting us for the first time? I don't see any hands. We give out visitors cards to all the first-time visitors, so I want to make sure that we're doing that. All right, everybody get out your prayer sheets that we provide every Wednesday night. Let's add a few of the urgent needs up here. Yeah, she is going to be taken to the hospital, Miss Eileen. Thank you, Brother Brown. <clears throat> Sherry Johnson wants us to pray for very urgent, special, unspoken. She needs God's direction. That's Sherry Johnson. Unspoken. Miss Sharon Granger wants us to pray for Austin. He's recovering from the flu. And also, let's pray for Don and Vicki Lomas. Um... Basically, uh, one of their sons is going to be quarantined because he was out of the country, if I'm reading that right. And so they're, they're, they're staying away because he just got back from Italy and they're just wanting to be safe. Right. They're self-isolating. Thank you. So let's pray for all that family. Don and Vicki Lomas are probably watching now. All right. Very good. Those are the only requests that I've received, so let's add that to those lines provided. If you see in bold what we've got here on our prayer sheets, Claire, this is Judy Lee's Grant's mother. She's nearing the end. Let's pray for her as she's going to be traveling up to Massachusetts to see her. Vicki Patton, she's battling an infection again. Miss Nancy, as she has some health concerns, some Vandegate, Miss Vandegate home as she recovers from knee replacement surgery. Those are the prayer requests tonight. Every Wednesday night, we ask you the same thing. I'm going to ask you to make your way all the way up to the altar. 
And uh, we really want to utilize this time and use it wisely. I'm going to ask Brother David Hall again to come up to the pulpit and to pray for us corporately. So let's pray for a few minutes together, church, as the Lord leads. I'm asking you if you are physically able, please, now's the time. Let's get up and come up to the altar and utilize this area together as we call on God together. Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we're so grateful tonight that we're saved. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that, uh, Lord, cleanses us from our sin and unrighteousness. Lord, uh, help us to reflect on that more than we should, Lord, uh, than we do, because uh, what he's done for us is nothing short of a miracle. Lord, uh, passing from death to life, from hell to heaven, and Lord, justified in the sight of a holy God through the righteousness of his Son. Father, we ask collectively that you hear us as a church tonight. Lord, I pray each of us as believers here would examine our hearts. Lord, show us anything in our lives that would hinder our walk, our relationship with you, something that would stifle us, that would cause us from moving, stop us from moving forward with you, Lord. Uh, God, help us to be honest. Uh, we must go to the Word of God and let the Spirit of God show us very clearly what that is. And uh, Lord, help us to be willing to humble ourselves. We heard about pride tonight. It's a destroyer, Lord. It's a wicked thing. And uh, we need to pour it, pray that we would do that. Father, we pray also that uh, we would understand that uh, the little things we do with one another, interactions, make a big difference. Father, our words that we say, the words that we don't say, our demeanor, as we heard tonight, our spirit, Lord, uh, help us, God, with that. Help us to realize that people may be looking to us, people may be watching us, and uh, most importantly, you're watching us. So, uh, Lord, give us the spirit of meekness, the spirit of joy, the spirit of thanksgiving. Lord, help us. Lord, we have a... Uh, a free will to decide that we're going to do the right thing, that you're going to have a right spirit in spite of the circumstances and the difficult, difficult things that we face each and every day of our lives. So, Lord, we are more than conquerors through you that loved us. Father, we pray, God, as a church, that you would uh, be with these requests, be with Judy Lee's mom, Claire, Lord, in the last stages of her life. Uh, Lord, we pray that you bring comfort and grace to the family. Lord, uh, may you be glorified in this whole uh, passing, Lord, and be with Judy Lee especially as a member of our church. Lord, we do pray also for uh, Vicki as she's still uh, struggling with some health issues. We ask God that you'd take care of them, that you would help the medication she's on, the treatment to be effective, and that you would be able to look back at this and uh, see it no more. Father, we pray for uh, Nancy, uh, Ms. Luttrell, who has some health issues as well. Lord, be with her, comfort her, give the doctors wisdom as they uh, treat her. Pray for Carolyn Petrie. She starts uh, chemo on the 17th of this month. Lord, please bless her. Please guide her. Help her to know we love her. We're praying for her as a family. And uh, just ask God that you would uh, eradicate this cancer and dissolve it, Lord. Uh, be our will, Lord. We yes. pray it's your will as well. 
Father, we also would pray, God, for Vonda K. Alm, who recovers from knee replacement surgery. We know that it can be a long, tedious process, so please give grace. Please expedite the recovery and help in any way that you can, Lord, with this. Father, we pray for uh, also Susan. She uh, needs a roommate, Lord, so we do pray for that. Pray your perfect will be done. Pray that you'd lead and guide and direct. You know best better than any of us by far. So you work it out, Lord, according to your perfect will. Father, be with uh, Resurrection Sunday. We look forward to that, Lord, a little over four weeks. Lord, we're praying for it. We're praying, God, that you would uh, bring people in, that the gospel of Jesus Christ would go forth with power. And uh, Lord, that you would anoint our pastor and that people might understand they're lost sinners before a holy and righteous God. And they might repent and turn from their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ and be gloriously saved. And God, we pray for families to be uh, mended, to be restored, to be helped, Lord God. We want to help people. We want to minister to them. So, Lord, there's many hurting families, and we just pray by God's grace that we might be able to give them the truth of your word, Lord God, and what we can't do may the Spirit of God do in a mighty way. Father, we pray for our missions conference. We're also looking forward to that. Missions is always on our mind. Be with Brother Ricky as he comes Sunday, presents his work. We ask God for you to just help us to pray and to give and to be mission-minded, missions-conscious about our missionaries going through trials and struggles. Also great blessings, but Lord needs, many needs. So help us to reach out to them and do what we can to be a blessing to them. Father, we also would pray for each one Saturday. Lord, bring many people out, Lord God. Uh, Father, we're commanded to go to all the world and preach the gospel, so this is another opportunity to get the word of God out. Uh, we pray you should open doors literally that people would be receive us favorably. Uh, Lord, we ask God that you would, uh, uh, again, just give us the words to say, Lord, to these people. Let, us, let them see the love of Jesus Christ in our words and in our, our faces, Father. Father, we also would pray also for Don and Vicki, their son. I believe it's Chucky. I'm not positive, but to Lord, he's been quarantined with this uh, coronavirus, and we just ask God for grace. We ask God to work out the circumstances. Uh, may you just help it to affect his spiritual state in some way, Lord, for the, the good, Lord. Father, we also would pray for Austin, recovering from the flu. Be with him. Give him a quick recovery. Lord, just meet his needs and comfort his body as he goes through this difficult time. And uh, pray for uh, this unspoken with uh, Sherry Johnson. Lord, uh, we don't know what the need is, but you do. And we just lift her up before you, asking God for direction, asking God for comfort, asking God for wisdom, and it's you to work and uh, that you would uh, bless in a powerful way. Father, we also pray for Miss Grubbs. We uh, pray for her health. We ask God that the doctors would have wisdom in treating her. She's a wonderful woman. We just lift her up and uh, pray for Miss Eileen at this time. And Lord, we pray for Haiti, uh, specifically IOS and the ministry there. We ask God that you would uh, help that whole turmoil there, I guess the best word I can think of. Uh, The country, uh, Lord, the people that are hurting, and that's a sad thing, the people that suffer. Lord, uh, use this crisis to some degree to turn hearts and, and lives to Christ, to help them to see salvation that's available. And uh, Lord, be with our missionaries there and give them wisdom and guidance. Father, bless our pastor. We thank you for him. Again, we know he carries a heavy burden. Be with him, bless him, give him direction, give him wisdom. 
Keep him near uh, you, Lord God. Keep him on his knees and in the word. And uh, we lift him up. We ask God that you move this church forward. Lord, uh, we ask God that you would help us to be increased, first of all, spiritually, that we might glorify your name. And second of all, numerically, that we might have a greater impact and a greater ministry in this area and throughout the nation and worldwide. And uh, God, that you would uh, also just uh, help us to grow as a church collectively. Help us to understand we need each other. We need each other to support each other, to love each other, to minister to one another. Lord, we just thank you so much. Give us strength now as we go through this, the rest of the week. Help us to be a living testimony. Give us boldness to open our mouth. And uh, we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. He's able, he's able, I know he's able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. He healed the brokenhearted and set the captive free. He made the lame to walk again and he caused the blind to see. Sing that chorus. He's able. He's able, I know he's able, I know my Lord is able to carry me through. Someone say amen. amen. Hitman, all right. Guys, if you can come up here with those offering plates. We always give all of us an opportunity to worship the Lord through our tithes and our offerings. So please give as the Lord leads here tonight. You can pass those plates. Let me give you some announcements Brother Tom, is the foyer now clear? All is back to normal. All right. Easter Sunday is four weeks away. We've mentioned this a few times, as you see on the screens. We do have Brother Paul's helicopter. Amen and amen. Going to drop candy at 1045 between the services. Remember, we have two services that morning, 9 o'clock and 11. Who's coming to the 9? Our whole church is going to be here at 9. Who's coming at 11? Because I'll be at both. Very good. Who's going to be at both? No. Preacher, I got everybody talked into coming to both. All right. Pastor mentioned this as well. Reach One is this Saturday morning at 930. We meet in Barnard Hall, the cafeteria here at the school. Come with shoes on. We go out for uh, most of us about an hour to an hour and a half. Some people spend all day, whatever you want to do for the Lord that day. Uh, we're going to pass out these flyers. We want to get rid of a lot of these because these are no good after Easter Sunday, okay? So we need to be able to pass these out this Sunday. Join us 930 this Saturday morning, okay? We've mentioned this a few times. The churchwide picnic is March 28th at Lake Seminole Park. And also here coming up next month is the missions conference, April 29th through May 3rd. Thank you, John. I just went out to check Eileen. Uh, seemed like she overheated, uh, her blood pressure dropped. So they're going to take her to the hospital for observation, but uh, you pray for her. This is the second time this has happened, so they're going to find out. But you pray. She seemed to be already responsive and much better once they got her going. But uh, you just pray for Eileen. She is a wonderful, wonderful, godly Christian woman, so you pray for her. Looking forward to a great day Sunday. I'll be in your place Sunday school, 9 o'clock. Uh, then 10 o'clock, we're back in that uh, worldview, biblical worldview, and then 
Sunday evening, continuing in Romans. And I really enjoyed Romans last week. Looking forward to this week. Pray for Jim this week. He's going home to preach at his home church there. So pray for Brother Jim. And then I'd ask you to pray unspoken requests. Uh, there's some things. The Lord is doing some, some wonderful things. Uh, and we just have uh, the Lord's, uh, uh, we, want, we want the Lord's will. And so you pray uh, about a couple of things. And as soon as I can, if I, if I do have anything to give you, I'll share. But right now, this the Lord is moving on a couple of possibilities that really help us to move forward with our projects. So, all right. I love you. Let's stand together. And we'll be dismissed. Uh, touch elbows, wink, give thumbs up, whatever you're doing. Wash hands. God bless you. I love you. You are dismissed.